Welcome to Ministry Leaders Anonymous. My name is Chris Bartlett. And I'm Matt Rice, and we hope to provide a moment of sanity during a busy week of ministry. We've both worked in ministry for over 20 years and have seen just about everything. And as damaged as we are, we are ready to dive into and bring light to the hurts, hopes, and hungers that every ministry leader has. Welcome to the show. We, uh, we are joined by what some people have called the Yoda of youth ministry. Yeah, the yeah, one, the only, Jim Beckman. Welcome back to the show, Jim. It's glad to have you back. Yeah, great to be with you guys. Great. Have you have you seen the meme of uh, like people saying how why Yoda died because Skywalker wouldn't stop asking questions and he's like, oh, forget <laughs> it, I'm out of here. <laughs> like, so we can't ask Jim that many questions because he cannot fade away into oblivion or into the Force. <laughs> so uh, I'm at my in-laws house for Christmas and I get an email from Jim Beckman. I'm like, ooh, I got to open this. Next thing you know, I've hidden away from my family for 45 minutes because I'm watching this Venmo video that uh, that he sent out, which was a message for 2021. And uh, and that's really why we wanted to have you on the show today, Jim, is for you to uh, to share a little bit about that and unpack that a little bit. And so um, could you tell us a little bit of the origin story of uh, how God put this on your heart? And really, I'm curious, too, is how he lets you know, like, this isn't just for Jim. This wasn't just for Jim, but this is something that you needed to kind of uh, proclaim. Well, it, it was a bit of an organic development. I, I was at the Jesus 2020 conference uh, out, out in uh, Steubenville at Franciscan University in mid-December. And I was doing a talk for the conference on Saturday afternoon. And uh, in the days leading up to the conferences, I was kind of finishing the planning for the talk, um, and, and particularly when, when I got on campus and started uh, praying with and being around some of the other speakers, I just started having, you know, a very different, uh, you know, one of those experiences as a speaker where you just realize, okay, I think I need to start over again because what I was planning to talk about, I don't think is what I'm supposed to talk about. Those moments terrify me because I never I know. know. I never know if it's like, if it's a distraction or if it's God. I like to dissect that a little bit with you. How do you figure that out? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, and, and you, you have those experiences where you follow those promptings and then it just completely dies on you. Yep. <laughs> You're like, oh my gosh, that was a bad decision. <laughs> and um, and I and I had a great talk. Like I, I I really had, you know, something for months and months that had been stirring in me that I've that I had planned and put together and was planning to do. So it, it was a little bit jarring and, uh, you know, a, a little, made you a little nervous, you know, like, am I doing the right thing here? But, uh, but what, what emerged in me over the course of the weekend was what, what ended up being on this video. And, um, and, and it really was just kind of a culmination of a lot of the things that have happened that happened over 2020 with just all of the hard, difficult things that the year held uh, for everybody. Um, but I, I just really felt like the Lord telling me, okay, if you thought this was hard, get ready, buckle up, yeah, yeah. yeah buckle yeah. up because there's, there's more coming and it's actually going to be worse, uh, which to me, I just, like couldn't imagine mm. like, how, how is it possible that things could get worse right. than what they were, you know? So anyway, like that, that just kind of stirred in my heart. I, I ended up running it by a couple of the other people on the speaking team and then by some of the folks at Franciscan. Uh, about the directional shift, um, and everyone kind of agreed, yeah, like this, this, it just seems right. Uh, so I ended up giving that talk, and and then it was after the talk that uh, several several other people on the team said, "You really need to uh, 
you, you need to pray more about this and share it, uh, it fi find some way to share it with others. And um, so that that's what ultimately led to, uh, you know, a couple weeks later, holing up in our basement uh, here at the Chancery where we had a little studio and I could just kind of say the thing again. Um, and I, I didn't I didn't have very, a very long time frame for the talk at the conference. Like it was it had to be 20 minutes or less. And and there was other things that happened during that 20 minutes with praise and worship and stuff. So Chris, the video wasn't 45 minutes long. It was only 30 minutes long. I'm scared people. <laughs> I had to marinate in it. You got to understand. I, I had to soak it in. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I, I ended up recording it and sharing it right before New Year's. So that, that that's kind of the development of it. Yeah. So if, if you guys haven't heard the talk, we'll post a link in the show notes. But imagine a graduation commencement speech gone horribly wrong. Instead of everything's going to be great and you're going to change the world, it's like... <laughs> there is going to be more challenges that you'll face. And it's because God's hugs sometimes don't feel that good. I mean, that's, I mean, that's not a fair summary, but that kind of is kind of a gist, a quick flyover. Um, so, so why is, why is hard a blessing? Well, I, I think, uh, and, and this is part of what I was trying to share, because I, I do see this as a very hopeful message, uh, kind, kind of an inspiring message. Uh, you know, the, almost like the Lord wanting to lift our hearts and inspire us that, um, yeah, thing, things are going to be hard and things are going to be difficult, but I, I'm with you. And, and actually there's, you know, I, I can never, you know, I feel like the Lord's saying, I, I can never be outdone in generosity, you know, so what, whatever you give, what, whatever you uh, contribute, like I'm, I'm just going to fuel behind that with more of my grace, with more of my power, uh, and with more of my love. And so you're, you're just going to find yourself constantly being blessed by whatever you, you give, you know? Um, so I, I, I think like the, the striking thing for me as 2020 was coming to an end was a couple of my kids as we're working on our Christmas letter, they actually, you know, I had them, everyone write this little paragraph, you know, capturing their, their last year. And two of my children end up saying, you know, uh, you know, something to the gist of, I, I know this probably sounds crazy, but this past year has been the best year of my life. Uh, hardest year, but the best, right. you know, and it was encouraging to hear my kids say something like that, uh, that, that in the midst of all the trial and difficulty and, and my daughter in particular had a really rough year. So for her at the end of the year to come, you know, to come out with, man, this was the best year of my life was, uh, that, that it was moving, you know? And it, it just caused me look to look back, I guess, and kind of ask some of those questions in hindsight myself, like what what did this year hold, and what what were the blessings of this year? And I mean, I, I mean, I, I can honestly say, like it was it was one of the best years of my life too. Uh, definitely one of the hardest, yep. and some of the difficulties and the challenges, you know, were were immense, like a lot of people have experienced, and. And I'm, I'm finding myself a little nervous actually coming into 2021. We, we haven't even finished the first month of this new year. And I've already had eight people in my life die. Oh, wow. Uh, it's just been a tragic beginning to a year, uh, you know, where, and, and you just keep going to these funerals and you're like, what in the world is going on? Um, and, and I'm like, well, thank God that he kind of warned me a little bit, you know, like there's more hard coming. Uh, there, there's more difficulty here. 
in a nutshell, like the easiest way that I could say this is my my sense, and, and this has been validated and confirmed by lots of other people. You know, it's like, it isn't just me who's hearing the Lord say this, but I, I, I think there's a reality that God is ripping away the foundation underneath us, not to try to make us unstable, but to actually get us to understand, like, look, I'm the only thing that you can base your life on, right? Like, I've got to be your standard. I've got to be your foundation. I've got to be your rock and only me. So if you're going to put your trust in your retirement account, or if you're going to put your trust in your skills and your abilities, or if you're going to put your trust in your reputation, you know, or how, how far you can spread your ministry, even uh, like that stuff is going to fall away. And I'm, I'm the only foundation that's actually stable enough for you to base your life on. And I'm going to shake everything up. I'm, I'm going to shake you up. I'm going to shake the people up around you. I'm going to shake I'm going to shake up the world uh, because I want you only relying on me and, and, and founding your life on me. Uh, and and that, that's what I think is going on. And, and my sense is God's not done with that. Yeah. Right. And that's why there's more hard to come. It was interesting. Cause I like recently in a couple of conversations with people that we were interviewing um, to come uh, on board at a blaze, they, they asked like, you know, how stable, you know, is a blaze right now. And like, that was one of the thoughts because right now everybody's worried about stability and will I have a job in six months and different things like that. Um, and, and the analogy that I'd given them before I'd even seen your video was that I felt like 2020 for us was, was God doing that, shaking the foundation. Like if you use the analogy of like them pouring concrete, like when they pour concrete, they vibrate it, you know, to get all the bubbles out, to make it solid. Um, and, but that vibration is violent you know, and it, and it shakes everything about it. But then when it's done, it's, and when it cures, it's way stronger than what it would have been before that. And so it's just fun. Like, again, it was a little confirmation, you know, that just that analogy was something that I'd been given to people about what God did with the blaze in 2020. Um, and, and so just, it's interesting to hear that. I, for one, feel like I'm starting to lose some of what I got from 2020. And I may have shared this with you like uh, last week, Jim, when we talked, but like we had gotten rid of so much stuff in our life um, because we had quarantined and we had to be away from everybody. Well, now that's starting to come up, at least in Texas, it is it, it is. And, and so I'm starting to fill that stuff back up or that stuff is starting to to come back into my life. And I'm like, I don't want that. <laughs> like, right. how do I, I mm-hmm. let's go back into quarantine so I can do this all over again. I don't, I don't really want to that, but anyway. <laughs> um, so that may be like some of this, like moving forward is more, there's more hard to come, but then also like, how do we keep that? What, what God did to shake and reform that foundation? How do we keep that? You know, it, when things change. And I think that's where, it's kind of a cause for pause because I think a lot of us, ministry leaders included, are like, okay, I held my breath through 2020 and now I'm going to move forward. But uh, but really, I think God had something for us. Like he said, mm-hmm. I believe that you can love in more radical ways. And he gave us no choice but to do only that, right? right. And so if we move on and it's like, thank God 2020 is behind us, good riddance 2020, and we miss the gift that was offered during that time, I believe that really we should take some time, and I want to encourage every ministry leader to do this, take some time to reflect on 2020 and see how God loved you and how God grew your capacity to love others. And it might not be on the same scale, 
but I don't know if that's what God desires. I don't think he he desires um you know, a big stage type of love. I think he desires that one-on-one accompaniment, like Road to Emmaus type of love. And uh, in that sacrificial love that he modeled for us, we had that in spades in 2020, whether we wanted it or not. And so yeah. as ministry leaders, we need to look back on that and say, how did God encounter us and journey us as we sacrificed, as he sacrificed? Yeah, and I, I think that was that. that's the whole second part of the the message to me, I think, was we have more to give. Kind of like you're saying, like that that giving was forced upon us over over the the pandemic and 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 lots of other things, you know. And again, like it's it's hard to put this into words because it's been such a, a powerful experience in, in my life over the last year, year and a half. But I, I I've had the opportunity several times to do things like Exodus 90. Um, I I did a I'm not sure if people are familiar with 75 hard. It's kind of a secular version of Exodus 90, but on steroids almost, because you're, you're just doing all of these exercise workouts and um, uh, dieting and, you know, it's, it's kind of intense. But my, my son wanted to do that leading up to his wedding back in October. And so like an idiot, I said, I would do it with him. <laughs> that sounded really exciting when it, when it first came up, you know, wow. I got about three weeks into that thing. And I was like, what, what was I thinking? I'm way too old for this. And, um, but you know, like the, the, what was powerful for me last year was, you know, several of those kinds of experiences were a long stretch of asceticism, which in, in some ways, I think that's really fallen away from our regular experience as Catholics, you know, and particularly men, you know, like, I, I don't know, like, I think we're, we're just kind of soft, uh, really. And, and I don't mean that in a really critical way. It's just observation. We, we just have so many creature comforts around us mm-hmm. and, and we just have access to those things all the time. You know, it's kind of like the Exodus 90 uh, thing. One of the things that they say about cold showers, you know, they're trying to help explain why, why do you have to take a cold shower every day? And they're just like, honestly, really, what what kind of inconvenience do we really have, most of us, in, in our life? You know, uh, we we we're, we're around air conditioning and and heated facilities almost everywhere we go. And you know, but the biggest inconvenience is getting out of our car and getting inside a building. Mm-hmm. You know, on any given day. You know, so the cold shower is just something that you can add to your daily experience. It just it's inconvenient. It's a little bit of suffering and uh, you know a little bit of personal pain. Um, but th- those experiences of doing those kinds of things and then coming into the, the whole COVID thing last year and some of the isolation that, that that brought, like I just had this experience where the, the willing embrace of asceticism, uh, and then added, you know, suffering from the, the, the pandemic issues, it actually fueled this growth in my spiritual life, like I haven't experienced in, in, in a long time, mm-hmm. uh, in, in a way that was kind of, kind of blew me away. Like I was like, Holy, Holy crud. Like I, I really grew there. Like I can feel it. Um, and, uh, and it, it's something that's very real. So the conviction that I had as the year came to an end was I felt like the Lord was saying to me, you experienced that kind of fruit in your own life. In your, in, your, in your own spirituality and, and deeper intimacy with me. But I need you 
to be like a warrior with me. Because mm. <laughs> the world needs this kind of prayer and needs this kind of suffering for me to build the kingdom, for me to advance uh, what I'm doing in mission. And I need men in particular, but I, I, I need people who are going to come alongside and get down on their knees and are going to uh, embrace, willingly embrace suffering in, in order to advance the spiritual realm. There's more that we have to give. Uh, I, I, I just think so many of us, we're, we're kind of, I think our whole world and our whole life um, it, it's kind of all revolves around us. Like we're, we're just so caught up in our own needs and our own families and you know my, my iphone and and my ipad and and my everything's about me you know and like i can kind of order everything in my life around myself and around my own desires and my own preferences uh in in, in a way that I, I don't ever have to really experience a whole lot of inconvenience and god god this didn't make us to be selfish like that uh, and, and I think he's calling uh, some of us, those who are willing to respond to this. I think God's saying, I'm, I'm looking for some people who are willing to pour themselves out in sacrificial love and fast and sacrifice and, and asceticism, but offering that up, not just for yourself, but for what I need to do in the world today, uh, what I need to do in the church today. Uh, and I think there's a lot more that most of us have to give to contribute to that. And I think a lot of times as ministry leaders, sometimes we dip our toe in that water and we embrace poverty for a week-long mission trip like what you talked about. Um, but we don't embrace it for the long haul, which I think where is where true growth kind of comes in on a spiritual level is to embrace that. Um, and for in, in a variety of ways, that kind of poverty was thrust upon us by 2020. And, uh, and, and you mentioned one of the things about, uh, you know, the, the families that those teens saw on that mission trip of the happiness they had in the midst of their poverty was that they, uh, they embraced the, their reality. And I think that was something 2020 that a lot of people haven't yet is said like, yeah, like this is the new, the new normal. Everyone's talking about the new normal. And once we get back to normal and, and things of that nature, but what if we embrace the here and now and bloomed where we were planted in this season in our world, but also in this season in our own personal lives, that there's grace there and there's opportunity there as well. Yeah. And I'm, I, I'm already experiencing, you know, since I've been responding to this myself and just, you know, some, some days I don't even know really what I'm praying for, but I'm just, I'm trying to fast more. I'm trying to um, em, embrace other sufferings uh, myself, but really offering that up, you know, to the Lord for however he wants to use it. And I, I'm just experiencing all of this fruitfulness. And I'm sure the Lord is just allowing these little kind of nuggets of uh, insight uh, to encourage me to keep doing what I'm doing, you know, but we're, we're seeing uh, conversion happen in some couples that we're connected to um, that really were kind of spiraling towards divorce. And now all of a sudden there seems to be like these moments of grace and and turning towards each other in, in a way that looks like reconciliation may be possible. And, um, and a, another family member that we've been praying for for years, very disengaged from their faith, um, that all of a sudden has had this resurgence of a desire for faith, but then it, it, you know, through some 
weird circumstances got uniquely connected to the Catholic Church. And now they're asking all kinds of questions about how do they become Catholic and go through RCIA. And so I, I don't know, like I, I'm the, the I'm seeing the fruitfulness already of just a few little things that I'm doing that's kind of inspiring me like, okay, I want to do more of this. How, how do I, how do I do even more, you know? Can you explain a little bit about the, the, the feeling that you get or the sensation you get when, when you hear God say, you know, in a way, like I need more suffering in order to build the kingdom. Like, like, is that not exactly how he said it or how you said it for people who are like kind of understanding or maybe don't understand the economy of grace and kind of what God does with that. Like, what does he do with that sacrifice? How does, how does that sacrifice have anything to do with this person's conversion? Um, like, can you like explain that, talk to like, speak into that? Yeah. Well, and, and it's a little bit of an organic development, like just sequence wise, I did the couple rounds of Exodus 90, uh, and then, um, we came into the end of 2019 and just we're beginning the new year and some circumstances changed where I was, I was asked to teach a deacon's class here for the archdiocese on spirit on the spiritual life and i'm searching for a textbook that i could use and ended up narrowing down to ralph martin's book the fulfillment of all desire and i've read that book before but years ago uh, but it, it was the one thing that i could find that I, I didn't want to have you know you could have like eight or nine different textbooks that you have people read for a class on catholic spirituality and I, I wanted to have something that was a little bit more of a summary type of work, which his definitely is. And um, so I, I start reading that book coming into the new year and, you know, but frantically reading it because I know I've got to teach it now mm-hmm. over three weekends in February, March, and April. Uh, and then as I'm reading that book, uh, and again, kind of on the heels of two rounds of Exodus 90. So I, I'm, I'm having this kind of beautiful experience of, the Lord calling me into more suffering and seeing the fruit of that kind of unpack in, in my own life. And then I start reading a book like that, that's just filled with, you know, uh, writings of John of the Cross and Teresa of Avila and Catherine of Siena and Teresa of Sioux and Ignatius of Loyola and Francis de Sales, uh, some of these great spiritual giants in, in our Catholic faith. And so I, I don't know if I just heard the Lord tell me that you know, I mean, I, I heard people like Teresa of Avila and John of the Cross and Catherine of Siena and all of these people talking about a Catholic worldview and the way that we understand how the spiritual journey uh, goes and that you, you can't get to the illuminative way or the unitive way without going through the purgative way. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, like there, there, there's a lot of dying that has to happen if you ever want to, you know, be born to new life. Uh and that that just is the frame. It's it's the whole backdrop to what we understand uh, our Catholic faith to be. So I, I I think I was invited into that by some of the leading writers of uh, of those kinds of things over the whole history of of our faith. But was was reading it and then turning around and teaching it over three long weekends, where it it just came alive in me. I think in a way that was was quite powerful. Uh, so it, it set me up well, you know, on, on the other side of the lockdown and going into the summer and then starting 75 hard leading up to my son's wedding. Um, I, I don't know. I, I think I came into this past fall with, with that, that whole frame of reference, if that makes sense, mm-hmm. you know? So I think my heart of my heart was probably just disposed with a new understanding of the depth of that 
reality for us in, in our faith and, and just was led into it, you know. Yeah, the idea that, you know, I can offer my suffering up for something else is something that it, it is very Catholic, but it's also one of those things that's really hard for even a devout Catholic to understand. But, but amazingly, uh, amazingly, coming alive in Protestant and evangelical circles like I've never seen before. Yeah. Right. Uh, and, you know, like whatever you might uh, say about evangelicals and some, sometimes they're, they can be frustrating, you know, but like they typically are on, on a lot of things. Yep. And uh, I, I don't know, I'm, I'm seeing uh, different evangelical leaders uh, talk about uh, fasting and personal asceticism. And, and what I, I just have never seen, you know, me, to me, it seems like that that's not evangelical. What you <laughs> yeah. We were at a, a, a youth specialties conference or something like that, a big Protestant youth minister gathering. And, uh, and a speaker from the stage says, for everything that's wrong with the Catholic Church, they sure got the suffering piece right. Of course, it was a little bit of a trigger for me because I'm like, nothing's wrong with the Catholic Church. But <laughs> they're, acknowledging, they're acknowledging that our theology of suffering has a depth to it that leads people closer to God. And I think that that's something that we in our American culture uh, seek to minimize. And I, I honestly, I feel like even some of the... Uh, quote unquote, pastoral responses that we've seen from a couple of dioceses and bishops that are just like, let's just all stop having mass because we're afraid of potential suffering or inconvenience and, and things of that nature. Like, I, I think that that kind of embraced more of the American culture as opposed to the theology of suffering that we, that we should be espousing as Catholics. Yeah, yeah exactly. There's more that God wants to give. That was kind of the, the, the third there's more in your, uh, in your message. Uh, do you want to unpack that for us? Yeah, and I, I think that just really, I, I said this earlier, you know, that God can never be outdone in generosity. So I just have had the experience over and over again over the last 12 to 18 months that no matter what I decide I'm going to do in terms of kind of leaning in to what God's doing and offering some sacrifice or offering a period of fasting or, or something like that, I, I just have never experienced that. I've given so much and now I'm depleted. Uh, like every single time it's been this rich experience of I give, you know, I give 50 and God gives me back a hundred. Uh, you know, I, I, I give a hundred and he gives me back 300. Like it, it just seems like he's, uh, you know, super abundant in his ability to return on the investment there. There, you know, I, I keep trying to outgive and I can't, um, and, and what's inspiring about that is after you have a number of those kinds of experiences and you, you realize like, okay, this is, there, there, there's no way to lose here. Then, then that, this is what I think happens to people like Teresa Lisieux and Teresa of Avila and John of the Cross. They come to this realization, like you can't, you can't ever give more than what you get. And so I'm just going to give more mm. like you're, you're, you're drawn out of deep love to just give more and sacrifice more and there's a freedom yield more. Yeah. And then, and then God just keeps going deeper and taking you into more intimacy and all, all of those things. And uh, it's, it's just very, very powerful. Um, and, and then I think, I think the fruitfulness of it, you know, that um, have you, you guys talked on one of your shows, didn't you about that book um, from Christendom to apostolic mission? Uh -huh. Yes. Uh <laughs> Like the more and more that I've prayed with that book, like I'm just getting so psyched up because if, if we truly are in an apostolic era, right, 
which I, I don't think anyone would argue with that anymore. Like, yeah, Christendom is over. Yep. You know, uh, Fulton Sheen was talking about it in 1974. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If it was over back then, it's definitely over now. Um, but if we're in an apostolic era, then look back on apostolic times in the in the history of the church. You know, the early church and uh, some some of those other historical periods where things had declined, and that there there was a renewal happening. Uh, which all of those saints that we're talking about that, that I've been mentioning, Catherine of Siena and uh, Francis de Sales and Teresa of Avila, uh, like all of those figures actually were alive in unique historical periods where this kind of renewal was happening, right? Yep. Those apostolic times are uniquely marked by the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Yes. And incredible power, you know, like the apostles would walk around and people would jump into their shadows and be healed, mm. right? Uh, like, isn't it exciting to be alive in a time like that? Like, that's that's our time right now. And, uh, you, you know, like one of the things I loved about the book was they, they talked about the apostles all sitting down, you know, to kind of do a quick business, uh, you know, sense of taking a measuring stick of like, okay, what do we have? What are our resources? What are our tools? You know, like how many bishops, how many priests, how many, how many seminaries, how many seminarians, how, how many schools, how many hospitals, none, 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 you know, <laughs> they, they, they got nothing. Uh, we, we got 11 bishops and 11 priests. Oh, and by the way, they're the same people. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and what do we, what are we supposed to do? We're supposed to bring the gospel to the whole world. Uh, you know, like they, they, they weren't overwhelmed by that task. Mm. They, they, they didn't sit back and say like, holy crap, man, like, like, let's call it quits right now and head home. This is impossible. And if you look at all of the sociological studies and all, all of those things that, you know, the, the report after report after report that comes out about how dismal and how bad things are, a lot of those things almost seem to communicate like it's over, mm. right? Like yeah. uh, it's over before we even get started. And I, I don't know, like there's something so inspiring about the unique time in history that we find ourselves in and to realize like that we're going to be those kinds of people that, you know, three, four, 500 years from now, people are going to look back on this unique time in history and talk about St. Jim or St. James and St. Matthew and St. Christopher, uh, you know, like let's be those kinds of saints. Yeah. Let's be those kinds of people that freaking change the world, you know? Right. Because we're walking in the power of God, we're walking in the power of the Holy Spirit, and we're not allowing ourselves to be limited in any way by some study that tells us that we can't do what God can do. Mm -hmm. uh, we've seen him do it all throughout history, you know, and, and he can do it again. And we're alive in this time. God wants Amen. us here now. He didn't want us here 150 years ago in, in, in Christendom. He wants us here now. He put us here for a purpose. And if we can embrace that mission and embrace that deeper purpose— we can live in a way that draws not just ourselves, but whole truckloads of people closer to God. And I believe that that's why he has us here in this time, in this season, every ministry leader right now. Amen. It's funny. I uh, Chris knows that I am no fan of Exodus 90. Um, and I've been one who's, who's just thought it was way too much. And then you go and talk about something that like is more than Exodus 90 is like, holy moly. Like, like I don't even, I don't even want to look at what that possibly is, but for the first time in like in years, I'm, I'm considering it because I do think like with regards to creature comforts and stuff like that, I have gotten too soft. Um, absolutely. You know? And so, 
um, if that's true, then I need to do something about it, you know, um, and, and so there's a little inspiration there from you on that side of things, which, uh, thanks, Jim. <laughs> well, th- th- this is what's so awesome about all of this, though, is God meets us where we are, you know, yeah. and he, he actually, no matter what you're, you're able or willing to give, he's going to multiply that yep. for, for what he, what he needs. And so, uh, you know, if all you can give is I'm, you know, is 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 a little little small thing. It, that's okay. If you can give Exodus ninety, that's awesome. Uh, Are you I, calling I'm, I'm, Exodus ninety a little little small thing? I I feel like I am now. I feel like God's calling <laughs> Whoa! me to more. Dang! Uh, I love it, Jim. I, feel, I love it. Yeah, I feel like God's calling me. I'm. I just ordered a book the other day called Daniel's Fast. Yeah. And I'm 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 looking to go into you know, Lent with a much more intense, rigorous, uh, fasting regimen, uh, that, you know, I, I mean, it's going to be much more intense than Exodus 90 was. Uh, and I'm not saying that to like virtue signal or say how great I am, Yeah. but I, I I think the the point of it is, I think God just keeps ratcheting us up, right. Yes. In terms of levels of what we're, what we're able to give and what, what our capacity is. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, and he'll take, what, what whatever we're willing to give no, no matter how small of a step that we're willing to to give he, he's going to take that and, and and multiply it in extraordinary ways you know one of the things i did years ago and this is one of the small things that i have done um was one of my marian consecrations one of the things i gave and offered up for her like just here use this however you see fit um is kneeling without a kneeler um, i feel like that's a relatively small thing Um, Mm. but every time I'm at mass, every time, whatever it's for her, like it's here, this is yours, take it, do whatever you want with this. Um, and so that may be be a good example for those listening. It it doesn't have to be Exodus 90. It can actually be a small thing. (laughs) Um, and that's, that's, you know, something like that. Exactly. And it can be some of the things that have chosen us. Yeah. Like the, the suffering that you experience because you can only do digital ministry right now because of your situation or your context, like that hurt, that suffering don't forget to put that in the hands of the Lord because he can multiply that, right? And so if you're not able to accompany 50 people like you were two years ago, then accompany five people like the way you can and let the Lord multiply that, 10x that. And and just, yeah, so I think there's something about this season that uh, that is a gift that sometimes we, we feel like it's more of a curse. And I think that we need to embrace the gift in it. And that takes inviting Christ in and being open to recognizing as you were saying, the economy is suffering. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. So at the very end, you said, do you realize who you are? You said, rouse yourself. Do you realize who you are? Um, as we close our podcast today, um, what would you say to people who are listening and being like, oh my goodness, I don't think I'm ready for this. I'm not an Exodus 90. I'm not a 75 hard. I'm not even like a 62 easy. Like I just want to just be, you know, I don't want a system or a program. I just want to be. What would you say to those people who are like, this is this, I don't want more hard. I am, I'm hurting too much to actually give right now. Yeah. Well, and I, I, I you were reminding me that I brought this quote up. Uh, on a previous show the last time I was on here, but it's actually a quote from St. Leo the Great. I think probably what I focused on before was that line, rouse yourself and, you know, remember the dignity of your nature. But that's actually missing the whole first half of the quote, right? Uh, It it starts out, uh, our Lord Jesus Christ, born true man, 
without ever ceasing to be true God, began in his person a new creation, and by the manner of his birth, gave man a spiritual origin. So the, this fundamental reality that Jesus came and became human. So like the whole mystery of the incarnation and all, all of the powerful reality of that. But by, by him doing that, he actually gave us a spiritual origin. So we, we now are connected to God in a spiritual way that didn't exist before. And, and then Leo goes on to say, what mind can grasp this mystery? What tongue can fittingly recount the gift of this love? Guilt becomes innocence, old becomes new, strangers are adopted, and outsiders are made heirs. Wow. Uh, you know, like that, that's just so powerful. Uh, and, and I, I would say, like to your to your point, Chris, like people who are feeling like their 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 life is just filled with so much suffering right now that they have nothing else to give. Um, I I wouldn't I would make the invitation. At your at your very core, you are spiritual in nature, because of what Christ has done, and your uh, capacity to find joy in the midst of your circumstances, no matter how hard they are, no matter how difficult they are, God can bring you to a place of peace and even authentic joy in the midst of those circumstances. And that's actually at the heart of what a spiritual being means, right? We, we have all kinds of saints throughout the history of the church who have been imprisoned and being tortured and found themselves weeping for joy in the midst of what they were suffering. Uh, that that is the heart of the mystery for us that because of what Jesus did we actually are being invited into becoming God right like what like the, the the shocking statement by one one of the church fathers you know that Jesus Christ became man so that man could become God uh, our, our spiritual nature ultimately is leading us to becoming divinity mm. uh, and what what a crazy uh, mystery that that is but that's where we're heading. And the, the only way to get there is to actually shed the human nature side of us and, and allow that transformation to actually take place. And that, that can only happen through suffering. Mm. Awesome. Okay, Jim, if people have questions or want to find you, how can people find you? And feel free to share the link to that uh, Vimeo video uh, recording. Yep. If, if somebody wants to look at that Um and that, that draws people back to my Impact Center website uh, where they can get more information about uh, what, what I do, kind of my side, nonprofit side. I also work for the Archdiocese of Oklahoma City, so I obviously can find me here and on our Archdiocesan website. But Awesome. Th thanks for inviting me and letting me be a part of this today. Absolutely. Thanks for being here, Jim. Really. Yeah, drinking from the fire hose once again with Jim Beckman, you guys. Um, <laughs> So thank you guys so much for joining us today. Please continue the conversation online at MLA. Uh, just search Ministry Leaders Anonymous on Facebook. It's a closed group. And send any feedback you guys have to mla at ablaze.us. And please share this podcast with someone. And here at Ministry Leaders Anonymous, we believe that if you want to go quickly, go alone. If you want to go far, we go together. Take some time this week to pray for other ministry leaders and to look back and reflect on how Christ was present to you and growing your capacity to love back in 2020. We will see you guys next week on Ministry Leaders Anonymous. And God bless you.